What can you say other than wow? Super Bowl 58 football seemingly always delivers, doesn't it? Welcome in to this edition of the Landry Football Podcast. Uh, early Monday morning, following Super Bowl 58, one of the greatest Super Bowl games we have seen, without question. Um, certainly the longest we have seen in Super Bowl history. We'll get into the matchups. We're going to talk a little bit about um, what, how it kind of played out and what I thought maybe were some of the turning points. But a reminder, you can get more detailed breakdowns of this game, as well as everything to do with the start of the offseason for now all 32 teams in the NFL and getting ready, getting you ready for free agency and the draft. Uh, we've got that for you at LandryFootball.com, as well as all the latest on um, everything in college football. The UCLA coaching search, the remaining transfer portal windows closed, but it's going to open up in April and getting you ready for spring practice and recruiting, which just got wrapped up last week. And what does it mean for the teams, the top teams in college football there? We got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Football from a coaching, scouting, front office perspective. LandryFootball.com is where you want to go, where you want to be. Get the best information anywhere out there on football. If it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college or NFL level, we got you covered at LandryFootball.com. <clears throat> well, the NFL is a repeat champion for the first time in 19 years. Chiefs winning their third Super Bowl in five seasons. It is a modern-day dynasty. A 25-22 overtime win over San Francisco. Um, this one, the same as the last two for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, came with a stirring second-half comeback. And this time... With some late heroics in overtime, Jake Moody's 27-yard field goal in the first possession in overtime put the Niners up 22-19, but the Chiefs responded with a 13-play, 75-yard drive, and won in on a three-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes and McCole Hardeman. It was, but the latest must-have drives for Kansas City, a team that built a reputation behind Mahomes as the most dangerous when holding the ball last. The Chiefs trailed. 1916 with less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Going down 75 yards, 11 plays. Harrison Bucker kicked a 29-yard field goal. The key play came uh, with third and seven, 16 seconds left. Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey on a crosser for a 22-yard gain, set up the Chiefs for the easy kick. It's the fourth Super Bowl win for the Chiefs franchise. The third for the team under Andy Reid, who joins Bill Walsh, Joe Gibbs, in a tie for the third most all-time. Only Bill Belichick with six and Chuck Noll with four have more. Um, three is something at a different level good, a different level great. And that's kind of what um, guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and others have won in this organization. Third Super Bowl MVP for Patrick Mahomes, 34 for 46, for 333 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. It wasn't even nearly one of his better games, but, oh, boy, when they needed him, he took over. And it elevates Mahomes, a remarkable 15-3 in playoffs in his six-year career, into that elite company. He's one of five quarterbacks in league history to win at least three Super Bowls, joining Tom Brady with seven. Joe Montana with four, Terry Brocher with four, Troy Aikman with three, Aikman and Mahomes, 28, are the only ones of that group to win 
three before their 30th birthday. Across the last two postseasons, Mahomes gone 7-0, throwing 13 touchdowns and just one interception. It's a devastating defeat for the 49ers, particularly Kyle Shanahan, who adds another chapter in the Super Bowl heartache. And what has been a stellar career is Atlanta's offensive coordinator. You know he was on the wrong side of that 28-3 comeback of the Patriots and was criticized heavily for that. Um, and certainly he's lost in the Super Bowl. Look, it really came down to a couple of things. And I want some more thoughts. I want to get some more thoughts in, in a second. But this was a great game plan by Kyle. I thought they did a lot of good things. You just can't make mistakes. In the end, I thought the second half, the play of Travis Kelsey and the mistakes by San Francisco were the difference. And let's not minimize it at all. Let's not hide from it. Patrick Mahomes is as good as any quarterback we've ever seen in this game. Because what he can do physically, he can match what a Peyton Manning and a Tom Brady can do at the line of scrimmage, seeing the field. But he far surpasses their ability in terms of making a play when they need to. Look, it came down to the zone run and the zone read late. It was him taking the ball, taking the game over with his legs. He was the running back on the final drive. And it was, it's great play design. It's great execution, though. But it's a lot of freedom given to the quarterback to say, look, I'm going to do it. it. As I watch him doing it, you know what I think about? The closest thing I think about Michael Jordan saying, it's the finals. I'm running a clear out. To hell with what your play is. I'm going to run run a clear out, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to shoot the game-winning shot. That, that's, that's what it was like. Um, I thought Brock Purdy was outstanding. He led him on a brilliant 12-play drive after receiving the overtime kickoff. He got him in the end zone enough, but not quite enough. I think the ineffectiveness in the red zone was a problem for both offenses. And Purdy left the field with a lead. The first half was a back-and-forth battle. The Chiefs and the 49ers each forced a turnover. The Chiefs got Christian McCaffrey to fumble in the game's opening drive. And I thought the Niners had a chance to put the game, not out of reach, but to basically build a, a lead. And I know they had a 10-point lead. But to really put the pressure on Kansas City early, and you could see Kansas City getting frustrated. But the frustration was due to the fact that they weren't executing, not that they were out of the game, but San Francisco had every opportunity. They had them on the ropes. They couldn't finish it. Neither team capitalized on their big defensive play. No first-half points came from the turnovers. Instead, the early scoring came on a record 55-yard Moody field goal and a trick play touchdown for the 49ers, which, by the way, that play was illegal. As I looked at it on tape, the center is illegally downfield. It wasn't called, but just it wasn't mentioned on TV. So just thought I would share that. And then a late half Kansas City field goal, tightening the game 10 to 3 in the third quarter, receiving the second half kickoff. Kansas City squandered that opening opportunity after. A mishandled pitch on the first play of the drive resulted in a 12-yard loss. 
rookie Jair Brown intercepted an errant Mahomes pass. Once again, San Francisco failed to create points off that turnover. The Chiefs stormed back. Instead, the Chiefs ripped off 10 consecutive points. Harrison Butker broke Moody's Super Bowl record with a 57-yard field goal of his own before a freak error changed the course of the game. San Francisco forced the third-quarter punt. The ball bounced off of 49ers uh, special teamers' foot. The Chiefs recovered the loose ball, and Mahomes found Marquez Valdez scaling for a touchdown on the next play. The 49ers had no plans to go away, though, and they didn't. Purdy led the Niners down the field. Early in the fourth quarter, found Juwan Jennings for a touchdown. The touchdown catch made Jennings the second player in Super Bowl history to record a passing and receiving touchdown along with Nick Foles. A failed extra point was the thing that was bigger than I think has been talked about. That is an automatic in this league. It was a good snap, a good hold. It was for the efforts of the great field goal attempts, and Mooney is not kicked well in the playoffs. He made a couple of big kicks, but you can't miss an extra point. I mean, we're not we're talking not 16-16, and then we go 19-16. None of that takes place if it's 17-16. It's a different ball game. Now we don't know. Maybe Kansas City does something different and wins it. I, we don't know. But that's huge. Um you know, following a two-minute warning, Purdy had a golden opportunity to help close the game out, third and four. But the, after the ball was deflected at the line of scrimmage, San Francisco had to settle for three. On the subsequent drive, 11-play onslaught, Mahomes showed what makes him elite, setting up a Harrison Butker for a chip-shot field goal to send the game in overtime. Um, it has put Kansas City on a different level. And, look, I thought when you looked at this game and going back over the first – quarter. I thought San Francisco controlled the game at the line of scrimmage, but it was mistakes that kept the scoreboard clean early. Kansas City off his offense didn't have enough opportunities in the first quarter. And you can see um eventually the missed opportunities kind of catching up to San Francisco. I thought in the second quarter Kansas City finally got off um got the offense moving a little bit. Got the big pass to Hardeman. They fumbled. Obviously, there was a, a score early, at least three on the board, if not mistake there. As we mentioned, the turnovers, while it didn't cost points or didn't lead to points for the defense creating the turnover, it was points taken off the board for both teams. And that is the critical element in games like this. Look, it's it's the critical element in football in any game. But in playoff football, win or go home football, it's you have to be near perfect. You're going to have to win close games. You're going to have to not turn it over, and you're going to have to force turnovers. You're going to not. You're not going to be able to make mistakes and win. You you have to convert. Um, you got to kick field goals. You got to make extra points. You got to do those things. Um, I thought it was a big win for San Francisco to get a turnover there, but they couldn't take advantage of it. Two red zone fumbles in the first half, one by each team. It kind of summed up missed opportunities for both. But because it was equal, it didn't tip the scales in the favor of one team. I thought um, 
San Francisco continued to control the line of scrimmage versus Kansas City in the second quarter. Um, I thought San Francisco's offense had a lot of layers, a lot of um, a lot of motions, a lot of angles that really got Kansas City's defense out of sorts. I knew that Spags was going to Steve Spagnuolo was going to make some great adjustments, and he did. I thought the mid zone runs forced gap confusion for Kansas City's defense. Look, you're at this level. You've got great coaching on both sides. It's the ability to adjust. And I thought Steve Spagnuolo adjust. By the way, Steve Spagnuolo, the first coordinator of any type, offense or defense, to win four Super Bowls. Two with the Giants and now two with Kansas City. That San Francisco came out wanting to attack in this game. They just couldn't get enough in the end zone. And to me, it was a game in which Kansas City was kind of on the ropes and they defended themselves well and they didn't find, them, didn't find themselves down a great deal. And you can't keep this game within a one-possession game against Kansas City because if there's time on the clock and there's Patrick Mahomes on the field, that is not a good combination going up against him. I thought Kansas City lacked composure on both sides of the ball early. Um, you know, it had the feel of a low-scoring game, which made every possession more and more critical. Um, the first half looked like the regular season for both Kansas City and San Francisco, where Kansas City looked out of sorts on offense. San Francisco looked really good, except they couldn't finish in the red zone. I keep repeating that for emphasis because that was the difference. But San Francisco's defensive line played better than they had in the playoffs. I thought that defense came up big in the red zone. Um, I thought Mahomes was a little rattled at times early, but they settled at halftime. You could see the poise. You can see the leadership. You can see the coaching, the adjustments, the calm to figure out we're going to need to spread it out, find a way to run it, work the short passing game. That's what I said at halftime, what was going to need to happen, and it is exactly what Kansas City did. Um, phenomenal job. Kansas City found a couple of plays uh, early in the third quarter. Um, Mahomes started to take control of the game, put the ball in his hands, but they still couldn't get it in the end zone. Um, you know, Kansas City um, was, I think both defenses played very well. As the game settled in, I thought Kansas City, with those adjustments by, by Spags, which were really simple, but just taking away the run, which I thought, you know, San Francisco's inability to run the football. Remember, San Francisco's not a drop-back passing team. They're a play-action passing team. So as long as there's not a huge deficit and there's enough time, San Francisco's offense can work the entire play sheet the entire playbook. It's when they get into a dropback passing game, when they're down a lot, that's when they're going to struggle. So they came back against Green Bay and Detroit because now against Detroit, they were down more, but they had a lot of time, and Detroit made some key mistakes, which, again, not going to revisit that. You can go listen to those podcasts post-NFC Championship game. That's exactly why Detroit lost that game, because 
they had to have understood and they didn't that they needed to limit those possessions with 21 minutes left going up 17 detroit is probably going to win that game probably 65 percent chance they win it but going for it yeah if they got it they would have probably been a higher percentage to win it but what happens if you don't make it momentum and then it, it just started to snowball anyway not here to discuss that i thought kansas city's defense Increased their defensive pressure up the middle. They took George Kittle out of the game. Um, I thought Purdy was clutch, um, you know, particularly in the second half. The missed PAT was costly. I thought Kansas City's special team advantage had an effect as I thought it would. Um, I thought San Francisco's offense was wearing out Kansas City's defense. So I thought Kansas City's adjustments, taking away the run and bringing better interior pressure and winning more really throttled and hammered, hampered San Francisco's offense. But San Francisco was still able to make enough plays in the passing game. They had more playmakers. I thought they did a, both corners for Kansas City played great. But over the middle of the field, which is the way they like to attack, they did a great job of finding enough plays in the middle of the field, and they wore down Kansas City's defense to the point where I thought it might be the difference in the game. Um, it's so hard to put a team away that's a championship team because if there's time on the clock and he's got the ball, look out. Um, the bigger the moment, the great ones come out on top. Again, I think um, mistakes for San Francisco. Punt fumble was huge. Missed extra point was huge. I, I, the fumble early, McCaffrey, that, that's big too. Because, again, if you're going to beat, a, to me, the champion, the team that has the elite quarterback that you can never count out, Got to at least get a field goal, if not a touchdown on that first drive when you're dominating. You got to jump out on them. Yeah, you had a 10 point lead. What if you had a 17 point lead? Then that it's not that there's not enough time for Kansas City to come back, but what happens to their dynamic? Do they get a little antsy? Because they were getting antsy and they made mistakes that were that they got flustered down seven, down 10. Imagine down. 17 maybe there's another mistake in down 17 leads to down 20 to 24. it didn't happen you got to pounce you got to take every opportunity look games like this are very often lost more than they're won i do believe that san francisco played well enough to win but the i think those key mistakes that i alluded to cost them kansas city found ways to win in the playoffs because of a number of reasons. Defense at times, special teams, place kicker, coaching adjustment, the best quarterback on the planet, great staff. Look, I say this all the time, and this is a lesson as we kind of look at Kansas City and we look at San Francisco. San Francisco is going to be fine. They're a great team, really good organization. They've got good players. They've got some decisions to make like everybody has. But here's the thing about that. They're a team that needs to play with the lead or play within a, a one-possession deficit with enough time 
to run their entire offense through play action. Their defense was not dominant in the playoffs, um, but I thought they obviously got to the Super Bowl good enough. And but the defense played well enough for the most part to give them every chance to win it. Thought it was a really good effort. Um, and it's really, other than those mistakes, I think we saw that San Francisco's good enough to win a Super Bowl. And, and I wouldn't bet against them doing it with Purdy. They absolutely can do it. What makes Kansas City great is a number of things. But it let's start, and you can almost end it with Mahomes. You can't end it. You start it with Mahomes. I preach this all the time. When people ask me, how good is this Miami offense? How far can they go? They're great. They can only win one way. They're a team that plays situationally with speed on defense, but they can't protect leads. They can't they can't win in multiple ways. If you shut down the perimeter run game and the interior pass game, how can they beat you? Well, they can't throw in the perimeter. They can't run inside. So they they're not they don't have enough tools in the toolbox. They got players, but their style is limited. And when you get into the playoffs, you're playing better teams. And better teams can do more things against you than just every week regular opponent in the NFL. And I think that you could see some of their flaws. Baltimore, better team, well-rounded, good defense, good special teams, improvement on the running game, uh, improvement in the passing game, really good running game. But they had a really bad game plan. And they felt like they could win by throwing the football against Kansas City. And they just – they weren't prepared to handle, from a game plan standpoint, how to attack Kansas City. Kansas City outcoached them. A problem. Kansas City wins, and if you think about it, sitting there watching on Christmas Day, Kansas City bubbling and stumbling against the Raiders. And it was maybe the most important game for this Super Bowl run. Because it completely spoke to them, to Andy and his staff, that we can't win with Mahomes. Let's try to make this and do this on our own and and go out and make a play. Because that's what he was doing in that game. And turning the football over and they were a disaster. And the frustration began to set in. No, we've got a great defense. We've got a running game. We're going to lean on that. We're going to build around that. And Mahomes can absolutely make plays. Mahomes can absolutely, if if the defense, the special teams can give us a chance to win it, Mahomes can make a play. It's kind of like the Yankees with Mariana Rivera. Get to the ninth inning with a lead, and he's going to bring it home for you. You give Mahomes a chance to win it, he can make plays. But you got to. You can't do that for four quarters freelance when the receivers are dropping balls and things are not developing. Look, it was penalties and it was in drops that cost them. They worked on it and they got better. But they got better, too, by taking the pressure and putting the focus on let's win with our defense in the running game. 
and it got them through some rough patches, and it built some confidence, and it took the pressure off, and then things started to develop. And then in this Super Bowl, what happened? It was the defense that made adjustments. It's the defense that got stopped. It was the special teams that made good plays. But no problem. In fact, not, not only not a problem, deserving for Mahomes to get an MVP. Why? Because with the game on the line, he stood up. And he put the game with his legs. The key schematic difference on that final drive is they said, we're going to line up. And they ran the zone run and the zone read three or four times in the two biggest plays. The big run as well as the fourth down run, they're reading Nick Bosa on his own read. And it's Mahomes in the shotgun, and he's the running back. You put the ball in his hands. Again, Michael Jordan with the game on the line. It's what they did with him. And boarded he itself. And he could do that. That's not something, listen, Tom Brady did it to the tune of winning seven Super Bowls. But there were a couple of Super Bowls where he won MVPs, and he didn't even play all that well. Mahomes is doing it in a different way because he has the physical skills to do things that those others can't. That is, we're going to take it and run the football. You know, Lamar Jackson can run it, <clears throat> but he's not as good of a passer and is not a dynamic making plays, throwing it as consistently as Mahomes. <clears throat> he's better than I think he was in that playoff game. But I didn't think they, they had a good game plan. So Kansas City, to wrap it up, they win because they got the biggest toolbox there is. They've got the best coaches that adjust in-game and prepare game plans. So whatever they need to do, they quickly get into it and adjust. Then they've got the players that can execute. And they can run the football. They can throw the football. The quarterback can run and create plays and bail them out of bad plays. And I thought the tackles were getting beat consistently. They overcame it. Um, phenomenal job. And it's why it's it's not that they're were the best team all year long. Kansas City was not the best team all year long. They coached themselves and played their way into being the best team because they were the most versatile. They didn't master anything better than anybody else other than maybe their defense, but they were so good in everything. So that if you took away A, B, and C, they had X, Y, and Z. And that's the point I try to make. So as we kind of wrap up this game and wrap up this season, always remember, that if you want to win championships, good teams that you have to beat in the playoffs in a championship game, they're, they're better than the run-of-the-mill regular season team. And they're going to take away certain things that you can do. You need to be able to adjust and do other things well. If you're not well-rounded, you're going to have a lower ceiling. I'm not saying that you can't win it the way Baltimore or Miami or San Francisco is doing it. You can. It's just harder to do it. And you need to be more perfect. I mean, San Francisco, how do they win this game? 
doing it their way, very simple. Don't Caffrey doesn't fumble, kick a field goal, get a touchdown early. One of the two. Don't fumble the punt. Maybe you keep the Chiefs out of the end zone in that touchdown. I mean, you've got to be perfect, but the Chiefs weren't perfect. Chiefs weren't perfect. In fact, they weren't the better team for the first quarter. They weren't the better team in the first half. They adjusted, and they played left-handed, and they played left-handed well. They played like an ambidextrous, you know, player. That's the key to being great is to be able to make adjustments. And it's not just coaching adjustment, folks. It's the ability to execute those adjustments that you call upon your team to have. So to the victor goes the spoils. Great job. Hail to the Chiefs. And what a great job. What a great season. It has been so fun breaking down the games for you all year long, NFL, college football. Folks, as I'm getting older, um, I can tell you, Football season will be here before you know it. Uh, it's always a little melancholy feeling for me when the season ends because I look so forward to the games. And everybody says, well, you know, you love you, – you, you're so into – involved in coaching searches and the draft and free agency that, you know, that that's the best time of the year for you. No, it's not. All the work that we did in free agency, the draft, recruiting, transfer portal, the college and NFL game, it's all about – getting it done so that we can eat the meal, enjoy the meal, which is the games on Saturday or Sunday when it's all about that. But football is not a year round sport, of course. And we have to get into now the season, the scouting season, or I don't, I, I call it scouting season because that's how most people in the media look at it. Scouting season is all year long, but the draft season, free agency process, uh, and in college football, this is an important time. So when we sit here and talk about the games starting in August and September, it'll be in large part the successes and the failures are going to have a lot to do with what goes on uh, in the ensuing days, weeks, and months ahead. Um, so we uh, don't bid you adieu at all. We tell you to Join us over at LandryFootball.com uh, and take advantage of our scouting season offer where we're going to break down free agency in the draft better than anybody can because of our background in football. Uh, 40 years as a coach, scout, and administrator, um, we got it covered for you. College football, NFL, we got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. You can try it out for a month. It's less than $10 a month. You can try it out for six months. Uh, it's cheaper than that. If you try it out for the scouting season offer, the 12-month package, it'll get you not only all of this, the rest of this offseason, which will get you the draft and free agency and recruiting and transfer portal and the remaining coaching changes. And we still got them. Boston College is trying to fill out their staff with Bill O'Brien as their new head coach. Uh, Alabama's got an offensive coordinator hire with Ryan Grubb leaving Alabama staff to go to Seattle Seahawks is their offense coordinator. UCLA got to hire a coach and we got that covered for you as well. Everything that is going to be newsy and exciting and getting you ready for the football season, because hope springs eternal when everybody in college or in the NFL are going to be excited about what next year is going to bring. We don't know. You're not going to get the, well, this is the too early top, whatever. 
no, no, no. That's ridiculous um, because we don't know who's going to be where. We don't know who's going to draft whom. We not, don't know who's going to sign where. We don't know who's going to lose players off their team. We, there's a lot of things that could take place. But one thing we know that these two teams are built to sustain and be contenders for next year and years to come. We'll see what happens. Will Andy Reid retire? I don't think so. I think he's coming back. We don't know for sure. Um, and, and certainly a lot of moves. Uh, Chris Jones, will he stay? Will he sign? I, you know, somewhere else. We shall see how this plays out. A lot to do. Uh, I know it's, as I said, a little bit melancholy that the football season is over. But fear not. Join us at LandryFootball.com and also subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. as we're going to keep you up to date on everything to do with football, college, or NFL all year long. For example, we'll have for you on Tuesday, we're going to rank the new coaching hires in the NFL. And we're going to talk about some of the college football teams uh, coming up this week that have raised their playoff expectations for next year. We're going to tell you this week, uh, we'll get to it as well, why Chip Kelly bolted UCLA as their head coach to become the offense coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, lots to get to. So subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify. And again, make sure that you uh, subscribe to LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. If you like football, you'll love LandryFootball.com. It's like having your own scouting and coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. Enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the game. And we're going to have more detailed breakdowns on the Super Bowl inside the film room at LandryFootball.com. So once we get a chance to – my observations on this podcast was due to watching the game. Um, we will break it down for you once we break down the tape and get you more detailed breakdowns. So, again, another reason to head on over to LandryFootball.com. Always great to be with you. Talk to you next time, everybody.